Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, a pastor from our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we created The Daily Cut, short biblical devotionals, just small sips of the word that we hope encourage and challenge you as you grow in your faith and walk with Jesus. So this is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. I hope you are doing well and uh, that you've enjoyed this week. Today, we are actually wrapping up and bringing to a close our series on the parables. And so I actually don't think I've had the chance to close the series out for us yet on the podcast. And so, uh, you know, I'm usually the one who starts them, but I don't think I've closed a single one yet. So uh, I guess... uh, it's fun to be the anchor this time around and uh, to be the one who gets to finish out the race. And so uh, if you have been with us all throughout the week, thank you for joining us and uh, hope you've enjoyed it, right? We've, and uh, we've been looking at different parables that Jesus taught throughout his ministry, right? Teachings that utilize stories and just everyday illustrations to make a spiritual point. They're a significant aspect of Jesus's teaching in his ministry. And so uh, let me just throw this out there. If you have enjoyed and, you've, and if you feel like you've benefited from, uh, from this podcast, even from this week in general, if it's been helpful to you, maybe just think about sharing it with a friend, right? Somebody else who might benefit from this same content. Who's someone that you could share it with? I know that that's something that um, everyone who works on these episodes, we have a lot of fun with it. We enjoy it. And we also, we hope that it's beneficial for you. And so uh, if it is, you know, maybe there's someone else in your life who would enjoy it as well. So I know that'd mean a lot to us uh, if you would consider that. So, all right, let's get started today. We are wrapping up the series with a good one here. Today, we're covering the parable of the talents. All right, so let's jump into it. We find this parable actually in chapter 25 of the Gospel of Matthew. And we see it in one other place in the Bible as well. It's also in the Gospel of Luke, uh, in chapter 19 of the Gospel of Luke, or at least it's there's a parable there that's very similar. Uh, but we're gonna center our approach on this today uh, as it appears in the book of Matthew alone, just looking at Matthew chapter 25. And, and within Matthew, we see that context Uh, that the context just prior to this parable actually plays into what this parable means and what it's trying to do pretty significantly. And so we're going to start just by backing up the train a little bit uh, to see uh, kind of a sense, to get a sense for what's happening in the context around this parable. And what we see is that Jesus is teaching around something called the day of the Lord, right? Or another way we might think or talk about it would be the second coming, right? The day that we anticipate as followers of Christ, when Jesus will come back and fully establish his kingdom here on earth, right? And so Jesus is talking about that. And he says basically that the servant that's found to be both faithful and wise on that day will be blessed. The the person who's found to be both faithful and wise, he calls out those two specific characteristics uh, in naming the type of servants that we're supposed to be as followers of Christ. We're supposed to be faithful and we're supposed to be wise. Some translations actually take that second word uh, instead of as wise as prudent. So faithful and wise are faithful and prudent, right? Jesus says that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 45. And then what follows immediately afterwards are these two parables, right? The parable of the 10 virgins and then the parable of the talents, what we're looking at today. And the point is each one of these is expanding further upon and even giving a picture of what those traits look like to be faithful and to be wise. All right, so the first one, the parable of the 10 virgins, that's illustrating what it means to be a wise servant or a prudent servant, right? Where there's these 10 virgins, five of them are wise and five are foolish. And the foolish ones, 
in the parable, they don't adequately prepare for the task that's set ahead of them. And you can tell that where they go wrong is that they expect what they've been called to to be far easier than it actually is. They think life as a follower of Christ is going to be easy, when in actuality, it's not. Right? And so to be wise is to take that into consideration, to actually count the cost of what a life of following Jesus actually requires and to not underestimate that, right? To take seriously what we need to persevere through this life faithfully. And I think sometimes, right, where we see this playing out, people who um, maybe fall short in this particular area is, right, people who claim to be followers of Jesus, they're Christians, but they think they're fine without a local church, They think they're okay not being part of a faith community. They're cool to just kind of keep things between them and Jesus. But the thing is, right, maybe 90, I feel like 95% of the time when someone goes that route, uh, it's not very long between before it's not them and Jesus anymore, right? It's just them by themselves. And and their faith is just becomes something that kind of withers. And, uh, and so to be wise, right, is to recognize that this life that we're called to, it isn't easy. And we need certain things to make it through. We need a local church. We need to be nourished by the word. We need uh, spiritual authority in our lives. We need accountability. We need to attend to our spiritual life and to take it seriously, right? We shouldn't take our relationship or our walk with Jesus lightly. And that's the point of this first parable, right? But then the parable of the talents comes around uh, and provides a picture of that other trait, right? The parable of the 10 virgins illustrates wisdom or prudence. And the parable of the talents illustrates faithfulness, right? And that's what we're going to really dig into here. It shows what it means for us to be faithful in this life. And this is how it does it. We'll work our way through it starting at verse 14 of Matthew 25, right? And it says this starting there. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one to each according to his ability. Then he went away, right? And so a man goes on a journey, but before he goes, he gives talents, which a talent is a certain measure of money, right? It's an amount of money. And so he gives talents to three of his servants, right? 10 to one, or actually five to one, two to one, and to another, just a single talent, different amounts to each according to their ability. And then what happens next is the parable describes uh, what these servants do with their talents while the master is away. And it says this, that he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So they're doing well, they're being successful, their talents are doubling, right? But then we see uh, that it says this, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. And you can see pretty clearly who did right and who did wrong. And this is kind of like when you're watching a movie and somebody's just making a horrible decision and you wish you could tell them to stop. You wish you could just like jump in and tell them to do something different because you know that some pretty bad consequences are going to result from their actions. And that's actually where the story goes next because it says this in verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Right, which you already know is going to be bad news for this one talent man. And it goes on to say this. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice it's calling attention to that specific trait, faithfulness, what this parable is an illustration of. 
The master says, you have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And then we see with this next servant, the one who received the two talents, it's basically the exact same conversation. It says, and he also who had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master, right? Identical conversations. But then here, the tension begins to mount because you know the conversation is not going to be the same with this third servant. And really, you can sense that it's not going to go well, right? And this is what it says in verse 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But he knows he's done wrong. He knows that he had a responsibility and that the consequences of his actions are about to come down on him. But right here, he tries to dodge them by placing blame on the master, but it doesn't work because this is the master's reply. He says to him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. And here the master actually turns away from this servant and starts speaking to another one of his servants about this uh, about this uh, wicked servant right in front of him. And this is what he says. He says, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that is the parable of the talents, an illustration of what it looks like to be faithful. And really, I think what's maybe the most interesting thing about this parable is looking into exactly why the one talent servant messed up. Because it's not just his actions. There are other things in the story that give us a sense of what's going on under the surface that led him to respond in the way that he did. Right, And the parable shows us that. And what it says is that the primary reason, it seems to be fear. It seems to be that he was too afraid to take a risk, to, to like to try something. He was too afraid to make an investment that might not work out. And when we see that in the parable, because he says that his own excuses, when he's kind of placing blame on the master, his excuse for not investing the money, for not trying to do something with it, is because he was too worried over what the consequences would be if the investment went poorly and he ended with less. He was paralyzed by fear over finding himself in that scenario. And so instead, instead of trying something, instead of taking a risk, he just buried the money and he did absolutely nothing with it, right? And so we see it there in his excuse, but we also see it when the master rebukes him. He calls him a wicked and slothful servant. And slothful, right? We, we usually think of that as kind of giving the idea of being lazy. But if you actually dig into that word a bit in the Greek, it has more so the meaning of shrinking back of reluctance and of hesitation. It's actually more closely connected to the idea of fear than it is of just pure laziness. And so this servant fails to be faithful, not just because he's lazy, but because he's too afraid to take a risk. 
And what that tells us is that being a faithful follower of Jesus is an endeavor that actually requires courage. It requires the ability to try things out, to take risks and to make investments in our lives that might not work out. And this isn't just in a purely monetary sense, right? The parable, it uses that language, but the concept of faithfulness expands way beyond just finances. It includes every aspect of our lives, where we choose to live, how we engage with our local church, how we navigate our careers, right? The type of work we choose to engage in and even how we engage in it, right? And the point is, in all of these decisions, the safe and easy route isn't always the best. In this life, God has entrusted certain things into our care. We all have a certain measure of time, of money, of energy and attention, right? And we all also have major decisions that we have the chance to make throughout our lives, right? These decisions that are life-shaping and life-altering. And I think what's really fascinating about that is that if you talk to almost anyone who's been a follower of Christ for some time, they'll talk about how certain decisions like that, right? whether it was the job they took or the job they said no to, right? the school they went to and the program they chose, even ending a certain relationship or starting a different one, right? decisions like those have shaped who they are as followers of Christ and the ways that they've been able to engage in the mission of God. And the truth is, when you're in the midst of making a decision like that, it's not always easy to know what's right. It's not always easy. Like, and I'll just give an example from my own life. When my wife and I decided to move to Chicago so I could go to Bible school, that felt like an incredible risk that we were taking because we were just small town people from the country. And to make a commitment to five years in a big city felt like a risk. And adding to it, what makes it even more, um, maybe more of a felt risk was that we had just found out that we were expecting our first child which completely blew up our plans for how we were going to make it through those first five years financially, how we were going to provide for ourselves as I was going through school. And so all of a sudden, right, that, that piece of the puzzle got pretty fuzzy. Right? The plan wasn't clear at all about how it was going to work out. And yet we knew with certainty still that this was our next step. Right? It was clear as day that this is what we were supposed to do, that God was calling us to this, even, so, even though the plan itself uh, was fuzzy. And so we left. Uh, we took the risk. We came to Chicago. We had our first child. And then uh, we had another along the way going through Bible college. And all along the way, throughout those five years, God provided. Right? And even since we've been here afterwards and throughout those five years, he's opened up some incredible doors for us to grow as followers of Christ and also for him to work through us in the lives of other people. And the point, right, is that a lot of a lot of the time faithfulness requires risk. And that fear is actually something that we have to overcome in order to be faithful. Because God calls us to to some step or some action or decision and a lot of times that that initial step is the only thing that's clear. But the trouble is that that step puts us on a path that we don't have a plan for, right? The first step is clear, but nothing about what comes after it is. We can't see how it's going to pan out. And that makes us hesitant. That makes us reluctant. That makes us shrink back from what God is calling us to. But the message of this parable is that what we're called to do is to be faithful in taking the risks that God is calling us to just a single step at a time and to trust that he will guide us and he will see us through to the end. And so my challenge for us today is, is really just, is there something that God has been calling you to 
that you've resisted because you can't see past the first step? Is there something that God has been calling you to that you've resisted because you can't see past the first step? And if there is, let me just encourage you, take the step. You don't know how it'll work out. And the truth is you'll never know until you do it, but you gotta take the step. Right? And, and hopefully this is an encouragement, right? That the joy that comes with faithfulness is an incredible thing because as we're faithful, we get to see God working not only in us, but also through us in incredibly profound ways. And the truth is there aren't many things in life that are better than that. And so yes, risk is involved and fear is a significant factor. But on the other side of fear, so often it's the joy of the Lord that awaits us, right? And really, if you just consider just consider the alternative, right? The alternative to a life of faithfulness in the way that this parable portrays it is actually just a bubble-wrapped life that's lived completely for the sake of safety because it's completely driven by fear. And the truth is, that's not what God has for you. He's got something so much better for you. And so take the step today and take the risk of faithfulness because that's what he's calling you to. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this series in the parables. We'll be back on Monday with another short devotional as we launch into exploring the book of Proverbs together. And so I hope you can join us for that. Uh, And as we always say, stay tuned and thanks for being with us.